John 4.23. But a time is coming and is now. <laughs> a time is coming and is now. And is now, okay, where the true worshipers, sons and daughters, not David, not Abraham, not Moses, not Elijah, the true worshipers, sons and daughters of God, will worship him in spirit and in truth. How many of y'all know y'all like Abba? How many of y'all know y'all got the same spirit as Abba? Same spirit. How many of y'all know truth, which is his plan for this world, for this planet, the things that he executed through Christ? You need those two elements to worship. In order to be a son, a daughter, and to adequately worship, you need to know who you are. Then you need to understand his predestined plan. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into our teaching on today. Our first scripture is coming from, let me say a word of prayer real quick. Father, teach us, help us, mold us, and shape us into who you have called us to be. Father, we surrender right now to your word. We surrender right now, Father, to your truth. We surrender right now, Father, to your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I think y'all got the wrong, uh, yeah, they got the one from uh, Prayer Saturday. <laughs> Our first scripture is going to come from Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 21, and we will be reading to verse 24. We're going to go old school. We're going to start bringing back paper Bibles. Come on, yeah. Come on. That way the preacher know when you, see, when you hear pages turning. Yeah, folks be on social media, turn to Genesis, they on TikTok, you can't tell, they swiping. Dr. Hardy, make sure they got this, the one. Okay, okay. I'm going to leave y'all alone. Y'all got it. I'm going to do my job, y'all doing y'all's. So our first scripture, Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. And it reads, so the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Mm. Thank you, Father. Then the man said, at last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taking, taken out of man. Now, the reason why Adam said, at last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh because the father told Adam, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. 
And after he did that, he brought about the animals to Adam and had Adam name the animals. And so after he named all the animals, he put him to sleep and then he brought him a companion out of his side. So he said, at last, I have a companion. Every animal had a companion except for him. Everything else could reproduce itself except for man. So he said, at last. Then verse 24 says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They shall become one flesh. Somebody say soulmates. That's the only, re only way you can become one flesh is through being a soulmate. The souls have to align. That's why the Bible says we are not to be unequally yoked. Our belief system should align. Okay, our thought process should align if we all got the mind of Christ. Come on, ladies, if you meet him and he ain't got the mind of Christ, don't be trying to save him. Don't be trying to get him saved. <laughs> all right, you bring him to church and, until he get the mind of Christ. Amen? Men, if she ain't got the mind of Christ, don't try to make her have the mind of Christ because as soon as she get mad, she going to quit. <laughs> she going to go right back to her mind. All right, let me move on. We're not talking about that today. I just thought I'll interject that. So God fashions the woman from what he had taken from the man, Adam. When he saw her, he said, at last, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, there is a companion for me. The next thing the scripture says, he says, for this reason, a man leaves his mother and father and joins himself to his wife and they will become one flesh. Now, this is a picture of marriage. This is the marriage picture. It didn't say that a woman should leave her mother. It said a man, okay, because a man has to leave from up under. This, we're not talking about marriage today. Why am I talking about this? A man has to leave from under his mother and father to establish authority. As long as a man is under his mother and father, he can't have authority. A woman never uh, uh, has authority or has to establish authority. She leaves her father and goes to her husband because she can't give anyone a last name. So she has no name to grow into. I mean, she has, a man has no name to grow into if he marries a woman. So when a woman marries a man, her name changes. And so she grows up into that man now, and that's why he becomes her Lord. In the same way with us in Christ. Because we are now in Christ, we are under that name Christ. That's why I told you, once you are saved, when you look at the scripture, it was Jesus Christ. Then after he died on the cross, it became Christ Jesus. The spirit got put before the flesh. Prior to that, the flesh was before the spirit because Jesus, the body, was the savior. It was the lamb. It was the thing that came to die on the cross. Christ was God because God can't die. That's how we know that Jesus, the flesh, the body, wasn't God. It was Christ in him that was God. That's why the Bible says that the word became flesh. He didn't send Jesus, he sent Christ, he sent the word, and then the word became flesh. Then he named that flesh Jesus. Why? Because Jesus meant savior. That flesh was going to save mankind from his sins and reestablish and reposition the body. Amen? I don't know why I said that, but somebody needed to know it. 
So we're still in our ministry, our, our ministry pillar. Our four teaching pillars are relationship. I should have had y'all do it. Relationship, kingdom, the church, and ministry. I'm going to say them again. Y'all want to say it with me this time? What's the first one? Relationship, kingdom, church, and ministry. So we are in our ministry pillar right now. Ministry is service to the body of Christ. It is service to the body of Christ so the body of Christ can serve the world. Okay, it is service, sons and daughters coming together, and it is servitude in the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can serve, can serve the world. We're in a teaching series called Bodybuilders. Say Bodybuilders. All right, let me see your pose. Let me see your pose. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm a bodybuilder. What does that mean? I build up the body of Christ. I don't tear it down. I edify the body of Christ. I ain't looking for what's wrong in it. I'm looking for where I can make, what I can do to contribute to make it right, to make it relevant. And our teaching for today, the title is The Last Eve. The Last Eve. 1 Corinthians, The Last Eve. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45 says, So also it is written, The first Adam, the first man, Adam, became a living person or soul. The last Adam was a life-giving spirit. So it lets us know the first Adam or man was a living soul. He died. Where did he die at? At his soul, at the soul level. That's why the Bible tells us to conform to the image of Christ. That's why the Bible tells us to have the mind of Christ. That's why the Bible tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because the first Adam died the death to the spiritual death, and now his soul was dead. But then it says the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. He came to return us to a spiritual place. He came to give us Christ so that our minds can be developed. Your mind can only be developed according to the nature of the spirit that is in you. If Adam is still there, if the first Adam is still there, then you can only grow in sin. But once Christ is there, now you can grow into godliness. Now you can grow as sons and daughters. So now, if we have a first Adam and a last Adam, then there has to be a first Eve and a last Eve. The last Eve being the church. We are the last Eve. We are the body of the last Adam. Y'all with me? The church came from the side of Jesus. When he was on the cross, they pierced him in the side. John 19 and 34. And the Bible said water and blood came out. We'll get more into that. 
So just as the first Eve was pulled from the body of Adam, so was the last Eve pulled from Christ. Amen. Proverbs 18 and 22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Come on, say good thing. Come on, lady, raise your hand. Say, I'm a good thing. Hey. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, oh, Jesus, and obtains favor from the Lord. I don't even know what he said, but I know it was crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what he said, but I, I, I know Charles. Okay. So the scripture says, he who finds a wife, he being the first Adam, he who finds a wife. So a man is looking for a wife. Women, when you show up, you should already be a wife. You should be ready to help a man with his destiny. Come on. You should be able, ready to help a man with his purpose. Why? Because you have been helping your father. So when you show up, you should be ready to help. Because he is looking for a wife. Amen? Now, he is looking for a wife because until he finds a wife and properly cultivates her, he can't be a husband. Until a man gets a wife, he can't be a husband. Husband speaks to how he cultivates her. Come on. It speaks to how he takes care of her. It speaks to him being a gardener, where he plants her. How often he waters her. The Bible tells her to water her with the water of the word. So a man can't be a husband. As a matter of fact, a man doesn't know his potential to be a man until he gets a wife. He don't know his potential. Until he has to sacrifice something other than himself. He doesn't know what it means to be a man yet. Money, cars, clothes, property, that don't make you a man. That makes you prosperous. Work does not make you a man. It makes you a hard worker. What makes a man a man is how he tends to his family. How he cultivates the body. So the first love that he gave us was ministry. So if a man isn't married, his first dedication is to, to ministry, to the body of Christ. How he cultivates the body of Christ will prepare him for wife. So he who finds a wife finds a good thing. He being the first Adam or he being the last Adam. So the last Adam is looking for what? A wife. He's looking for a bride. Eve was, the first Eve was the first wife of the first Adam. The church is the last Eve of the last Adam. So it is the church, his wife, the last Eve, it is our corporate responsibility to nurture, to raise, to encourage, to teach, and to guide his body, the church, children of God. Y'all with me? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, wives, submit 
to your own husband as unto the Lord. So before she become a wife, she should have already been submitting to what? The Lord. So she should walk right into that position. It should be no issue because she has already been submitting herself to the Lord. Look, I don't want no y'all. I don't know shame faces. I, look, we this ain't about this. Is, the last Eve is about the church. It ain't about women. All right. So I, this ain't. I see y'all looking like, oh, here we go with this. Verse twenty three says, "For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church." and savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I had to say own husbands because sometimes a woman will submit to other man before she submits to her own. Especially in religious places, churches, they'll submit to the pastor before they submit to their own husband. Okay, let's keep it moving. Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Mm. That's why I tell y'all, don't worry about racism. Racism is just hate. I know I just, just went to the left on y'all. But that's why I tell y'all don't worry about racism because racism is just hate. Okay, Race, racism is, is just hate and no one can hate others and not hate themselves. So it isn't racism, don't worry. If a person is racist, it's because they hate themselves first. And so that's why sons and daughters, the Bible tells us, don't exchange evil for evil, but evil for good. So they hate you. You got to love them because the moment you hate them, you become them. And you can't just hate them. <laughs> you can't just hate a person. Hate has to consume you. It will consume you. So this is why he said he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Now, I'm going to reset this. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, y'all with me? For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. Now he just said, Adam, the scriptures just said that about Adam and the first Eve. She's flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Now in verse 30 it says, for we are members of his body and of his flesh. 
And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is why the Bible tells us to have the mind of Christ, so that the two can become one flesh. This is why the Bible tells us to have one mind, one heart, think the same. Because we're not battling thoughts between us. The battle isn't the, our thoughts. Our thoughts have to become his thoughts. Our thoughts have to become his thoughts. Our thoughts have to become his thoughts. <clears throat> this is why the Bible says what? Have the mind of Christ. Don't have the mind of apostle. Don't have the mind of pastor. Okay, you don't need our mind. We're not trying to give you our mind. We're not trying to give you the mind of the prophet. We're trying to give you the mind of Christ. Because the goal is that those two become one. Verse 32 says, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. So this whole conversation is not about marriage pertaining to humans. This whole conversation is about the last Adam and the last Eve. That's why he said, this is a great mystery. He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church, which is his body, which is last Eve. Amen? So when he says, husbands love your wife, let me start back. When he says, for the husband is head of the wife, also as Christ is the head of the last Eve. He's the savior of the body. He ain't the savior of the world. He's not saving individuals. He's saving his body. When he come back, he's coming back for his body. He's not coming back for individuals. So I, I know you got cousins and family that say, you ain't got to go to church. Yeah, you do. You got to be a part of a body. He's coming back for the church. He's not coming back for people outside of the church. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for his body. That's why it says he's the savior of the body who is what? The last Eve. It says, therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so the last Eve should be subject to Christ. If we're subject to Christ, then we have to do what Christ said do. Now, this word subject, is a, it comes from a Greek military term that means to arrange in a military fashion under the command of a leader. So the last Eve is, is supposed to be subject to Christ as if he is the head and we are forming in a military fashion under him to go and do. Whatever he say do, that's what we do. Because if, if, if Christ is the head, then his conversation should be our conversation. I only do what my father tell me to do. I don't have a will. My will is to do the will of the one who sent me. In non-military use, it is a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. So when he says that, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. 
So he is telling us that the last Eve, the church, the body, we should be subject to him in what? Everything. We should have an attitude of giving in, an attitude of cooperating. Come on. An attitude of assuming responsibility. You know what, more, what I hate more than anything? If you, if you got kids, you're you going to feel me on this, okay? I'll tell Alana, clean that off the counter. That's Javon's job. But this all our house. <laughs> Assume the responsibility. Not because it's somebody else's responsibility, because it's all our house. Don't look at it and say, well, that's Renee's job. But it's all of our house. If it needs to be clean, if it needs to be taken care of, that's all of our responsibility. That's a part of us being subject to Christ. You think he liked prayer? Come on. <laughs> he came and tore up the temple. Y'all in here selling stuff. This, this house is supposed to be a house of prayer. Assuming what? Responsibility. All right. Y'all say, don't, don't, don't go that way, Apostle. Go another way. All right. And then the next one is carrying a burden. So if we are subject to Christ, then we are subject to carry his burdens. The burden of the kingdom is on our shoulders. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. And he will be called this, this, and that. But then the Bible says that the kingdom of God will be upon him. So if the kingdom is on his shoulders, now it transfers to what? Our shoulders. The kingdom is our burden for the planet. Seek first the kingdom. Pray to your heavenly father that his kingdom come, that his will be done. That is a responsibility. Every day you should be praying his kingdom in. It's a responsibility. If I'm in Christ, if I have the mind of Christ, that's on my mind. Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the first, the last Eve. And he gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. So he is the word, right? The word became flesh. Amen. The word became flesh on the cross. In John chapter 19, verse 34, they pierce his side. And when they pierce the side of the word, what comes out? Water and blood. To do what? Sanctify and cleanse. Verse 27 says that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Who is her? The last Eve. Work with me today. We know it is a church. The last Eve. So he sanctified and he cleansed us with the washing by, the, by his word so that he could cleanse the last Eve. So that what? That he might present her to himself. Because he who finds a wife <laughs> finds a good thing. So he's trying to cleanse his good thing. that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
but that she should be holy and without blemishes. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one who ever, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the last Eve. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So the church is the last Eve of the wife or bride-to-be of the last Adam. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is going to be very informative today. It says, for I am jealous of you with a godly jealousy. He says, for I betrothed you to one husband. Who is he talking about? The church, the last Eve. I betrothed you, I engaged you. That's why when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is an earnest payment, that word earnest is the Greek word uh, erabona, which means engagement ring. He says, for I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to who? Christ, the last Adam. He said, I engaged you, I washed you with the word. I preached to you, I taught you by the spirit so that you would be a pure version, which means unmolested, which means in your mind is only what the father says. That's why Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Pure mind. That's why we have to have the mind of Christ. And in order to have the mind of Christ, I hate to tell you, but you got to lose yours. You have to lose your mind to take on his mind. Just like in marriage. Because a wife marries a man and takes on his last name, she has to lose her mind and take on his mind. This is the conflict in marriage. This is why most divorces happen. Because there's two minds, which means that's what? Division. More than two visions is division. That's, what, that's why people leave the church. Because they have their own vision. And it ain't aligning with Christ. So church is in my way. <laughs> from what I'm trying to get done, from what I'm trying to get accomplished. But the Bible says seek first. Seek first the kingdom. Why seek first the kingdom? Because Christ is the king of the kingdom. That's why he said this is a great mystery. Because God only has one son, he and all of us. He got a lot of children, but there's one son. It's a great mystery. Because he is the head of the body, but the body is his bride to be. <laughs> so he's telling us how to respond to Christ as the church. So 
So verse 3 says, he says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his trickery, your minds, who is he talking about? Not the last Eve. Who is he talking about? The church. Who is he talking about? Us. Your minds will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Divorce. So just as the first Eve was deceived by the serpent through what? Conversation. That's why the Bible said don't let evil communication. It says evil communication corrupts good character. She wasn't possessed. It was a conversation. Surely he didn't say this. That's it. Surely you don't have to do that. I, we was outreaching yesterday, and I gave a brother a card, and he said to me, and, and we all God's? I said, yes, if you're God's child. But he said, but ain't Buddha, Allah? No, 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 brother, no, no. They might be God's, but they not the God. It ain't many guys. There's one. So Paul fears that the last Eve will, will come into the same situation as the first Eve. But this time, there is not another Christ. There is not another Adam. So if the last Eve don't marry Adam, don't marry the last Adam, it's hell and hot water. Because he's not going to send another Adam. This is why we must eat from the mind of Christ. Because we can't feed him like the last, like Eve fed Adam. Eve fed Adam. Adam ate what Eve gave him and we lost everything. So now the last, the last Adam is positioned in heaven and we can't feed him. He can only feed us. So Paul says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his trickery, your minds will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to your husband to be. Verse four says, for if one comes and preaches another Jesus. Whom we have not preached or you receive a different spirit, which you have not received from us or a different gospel, which you have not accepted. This you will tolerate very well. So this thing, this thing is about us being locked in. As a wife, you don't listen to somebody else's husband. You listen to your husband. So as us being, being the bride of Christ, we only listen to one husband, and that is Christ. So we need to preach word about the Jesus who came, not the religious Jesus, okay, in which he on the outside of us doing everything for us. We need the Jesus that gave us Christ. We don't need the religious preach word of Jesus. That's another Jesus. <laughs> we need the Jesus that was the mediator to bring us back in contact with the Father. Or he said, or you receive a different spirit, a whole nother conversation. This is how we get denominations. There's, there should be no denominations. 
There should just be church in which we, we come here because we are God's children and we want to grow and be cultivated in that relationship. That's not a denomination. That's just a pure word. Or to a different gospel. And I grew up on a different gospel. You know that gospel that says that if you don't get saved, you just go to hell. And th that ain't the good news. Good news ain't that Jesus died on the cross and now I get a seat in heaven. No, I told you, the moment that you were born again, eternal life started. We are already seated in heavenly places. Okay, we're, Paul already told us that our citizenship is in heaven. We're not trying to get to heaven. Heaven is already our home by way to God being our father and him adopting us. But we receive a different gospel, and now you have slews of church in which people are coming and only showing up because they don't want to go to hell. Not because they want to know a father, not because they want a genuine relationship, but they, they, they just don't want to go to hell. <laughs> they showing up for hell insurance. <laughs> I just want to make sure I don't go to hell, so I'm going to show up to church. But that's not gospel. That's not good news. The good news is that Adam, the first Adam, messed everything up. So he sent the last Adam to restore it. The first Adam was the first son of God on this planet. I had to tell somebody this yesterday, whole conversation with him. Adam was the first son of God on this planet. He lost sonship, and by losing sonship, he lost the kingdom. Jesus came to restore that. Everybody after Adam, before Jesus, were spiritually dead. God was not their father. They could not call God father. They could not approach the throne of grace with boldness and confidence. They didn't have access by one spirit through faith. That's why Moses has to go up the mountain to get 10 commandments to bring them back down. Because they need laws. They can't hear from God. So Moses chosen as a deliverer has to go up the mountain, get 10 laws and bring them back down and say, this is from God. But now we're not under the Ten Commandments. Why? Because we hear him. Now, the law is his name. The law is his name. In my household, the law is my name. You don't do it because you are hardy. So now the law is his name. That's why Jesus said in, in past times we said, don't commit adultery, but now don't even think about it. Because the law shifted from natural back to spiritual. And that's why the Bible said that Jesus came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the law, which means that which was physical, he came to bring it back to spiritual. It's way more laws than 10. The laws of, of, of the father's household are infinite. But the best way for you to obey them and understand them is by this simple term. And if... if if we will understand this simple term, what I'm about to tell you, this simple statement, what I'm about to tell you, it'll clear up 99% of sin in this planet. Y'all ready? Everybody in here know what your father would tell you to do. And you know what not to do. That's simple. Everybody know. Everybody grew up, in, even if you didn't grow up in a household with a father, you know what rules and regulations look like, okay? And me as a man, I know what my natural father would say, don't do that, son. That's not a good decision. Come on. You know what your heavenly father would tell you to do and not to do with your body. 
Come on, you know what your heavenly father would tell you. What your, you know what your natural father would tell you not to do with your body. You know what your natural father would tell you not to do with your mind, to not to do with your money, to not to do with your time. So surely you know what a spirit, surely you know what the God of, the father in heaven would tell you to do with your mind, with your mouth, with your body, with your finances. It's all through the scriptures what to do, but everything is cleared up if we just know him as a father. You know when he's telling you to shut up. Come on. You know when you're talking too much. You know when you done took it to that place. You hear in the spirit. Your father better be quiet. Shut up. Stop talking like that. You, you know what a father would tell you to say and to not say. And if we would just adhere to that, most of our problems will go away. But most of our issues is because even though we know the father said don't do it, we still do it. I hate when y'all get quiet like that on me. I don't know what y'all. I don't know what y'all got planned for me. First Timothy, chapter two, verse thirteen. We're talking about the last Eve, the church. It says, "For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Christ is the firstborn from the dead, then the church." Verse fourteen says, "Adam." was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. Christ is not deceived. The last Adam is not deceived. It's the last Eve who's deceived and transgresses. Y'all see that? Verse 15 says, but she will be saved through childbearing. Who is she? The last Eve. If they continue in faith, love, holiness, and good sense. <laughs> good sense. So it says she will be saved through childbearing. Now, the first Eve gave birth to Cain and Abel, then to Seth, childbearing, which means being fruitful. Somebody say the ministry of reconciliation. Come on. You have to reproduce after yourself. You, why, 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 why? You say, why? Okay. okay. Because Christ is in you. You say, why? Oh, because you are a light. If you are a light, somebody got to see you and want to become like you. Because you are salt. Because you are an ambassador. So you, that's why the Bible said that you should bear fruit. That's why the Bible says that we are branches connected to a vine. Because we have to bear fruit. So she... The last Eve will be saved by childbearing, by what? Bearing fruit, bringing life to the body of Christ. Remember, the first Eve was supposed to release a seed that was supposed to bruise the head of the serpent. 
This is a generation to generation statement. Because when you look in the genealogy, it goes from Adam to Seth. Why would it go from Adam to Seth when Cain and Abel were born first? You say, why? Okay. Because spiritually speaking, there's a thing going throughout the scriptures, just like with Adam and Eve, these two people live in us at the same time. Adam and Eve live in us at the same time. How? Masculine and feminine. Masculinity, speaking about your mind, wants to hear and obey God. He told Adam not to do this. But the feminine part of us, emotions, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Passions, desire, it hears Satan. And you see this in the scripture all the time, especially when you see, anytime you see two sons, it's telling you the two minds that are in us. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ, but we got these two minds in us. Jesus talked about the two sons. He, he asked one to go into the vineyard. He asked both of them to go into the vineyard. One said, I will, but didn't. Come on. The other said, I won't, but did. Unstable. The mind of Christ said, I only do what the Father tell me to do. Okay, the mind of Christ says, yes. We have the prodigal sons. One just wanted his inheritance so he can leave. That's in you. It's a part in you right now that just wants the money, just wants the notoriety. You don't really want to serve the father. You don't really want to serve his kingdom. You just want your 40 acres and a mule. You just want your spiritual reparations. That's all you want. You just came because you want more money. You just came, you just come to church because you want more money. You want cars, you want the houses because you think that's the kingdom life. So it's a part in us that just wants our inheritance. We don't want to serve. We don't want to wait to grow up and get it. Then it's a part of us that's just like the other son in which we're in the house and we don't, we don't even know what belongs to us. We're jealous of the next brother and the blessings belong to us too. Two sons. Well, it's the same thing with Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. Cain means possession. Come on, that's mine. Or it means smith, which means he likes to work with his hands. Abel means breath or vapor, which speaks of the spirit. Cain was a tiller of the soil. He loved to work with his hands. And he offered the work of his hands to the father and he rejected it. Abel was a shepherd over the flock and he offered the worship, the works of the spirit and it was accepted. There's a part of you that want to do everything on your own, Cain. There's a part of you that think you can get it done by yourself, Cain. Then there's a part of you that wants to be invested and secure and, and wants to do it the way that Christ does it. 
Cain seeks personal glory and satisfaction from the outer achievements. That's why his sacrifice was rejected. Abel seeks spiritual over sensual, and he looks for internal joy. Abel represents the consciousness of the impregnated, of those who are impregnated with the life of Christ. Cain feeds the human, feeds the soul, human desires. So that's why Cain was marked, Cain was cursed, then he was banished from the presence of the Lord. Because the Bible says that flesh will not glory in his presence. The Bible says that the kingdom of God, the, the flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Cain can't inherit the kingdom of God. But Abel represents, he offered up the animal sacrifices, which means doing away with the flesh. That's what the flesh is, animal instincts and appetite. That's what flesh is. When you're in the flesh, you're like an animal. Whatever my flesh tells me to do, I'm doing it. That's why you got all these OnlyFans pages. You need money, so you're going to do that? <laughs> that was, that's Cain. Watch this. Killing Abel. You ain't thinking about your destiny. You ain't thinking about you're going to have children. And that's going to be on the internet for the rest of your life. Cain is killing Abel. Abel offered the blood sacrifice as a cleaning agent and a transfusion into the new body. Abel represents us doing it from rest. So Cain kills Abel when the flesh rules over the spirit. And this, as the last Eve, we cannot give birth to this. As the last Eve, we cannot give birth to this. Cain kills Abel when it's time to pray and your flesh don't want to. That's Cain killing Abel. When it's time to fast, the spirit wants to fast, the flesh don't want to. That's why you keep doing what? Going to the refrigerator. You know you're on a fast. You've been on a fast for the last three days. Why you keep looking in the refrigerator? Because Cain is awakened and Cain want to eat. And so anytime, particularly, the father puts you on a fast and you break that fast, Cain just killed Abel. The ability to produce spiritual life. When it comes time to give, Cain kills Abel and keeps you working with your hands. Now you got to work harder because you, you're not doing it from what? Rest. Cain kills Abel when it's time to study and we distract it. Cain kills Abel when we break up fellowship because of jealousy and being impatient. Cain is killing Abel. Abel is supposed to be our spiritual destiny. Cain kills Abel 
with spiritual requests, but no spiritual practices. I'm closing. So Eve has to give birth to Seth to continue the bloodline. Why? Because Cain has been ousted from the presence. He has been marked. He has been cursed, which speaks of our flesh. That's why the Bible said that if he didn't return the hearts of the children to the father and the hearts of the father to the children, he would have to come and curse the land. So Eve gives birth to Seth. And Seth means recompense, compensation, substitute. So the last Eve, as the last Eve, we can't give birth to Cain and Abel. We have to give birth to Seth. It was through Seth that Noah came. It was through Seth that, that, that Abraham came. It was through Seth. It was from Seth to through 42 generations that we got Jesus. The seed that would bruise the head of Satan. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, it's not up there for my note takers. Eve says, I have given birth to a son to replace Abel. So Seth was a replacement of the spiritual son. That's why when we get down 42 generations, the Bible says that our seed is what? Christ. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, the scripture says that Adam fathered Seth in his likeness and according to his image. Also, the genealogy could continue. So the last Eve can't feed the last Adam. We will only give birth to what Christ allow us to give birth to. The last Eve has to mother the church. It is our job to nurture the church. It is our job to build the church. It is our job to cultivate the church. It is our job to speak life into the church. That's why we get affirmations and confessions. It is our job to build up the church, to edify the body. That is our job. That ain't Jesus' job. He said he gave the fivefold ministry. For what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ. And he said, we're going to do this until all of us come to the unity of faith. All of us. So every time somebody walk into that door, that's your responsibility. It is the last Eve job to know when to feed meat and when to give milk. So the last Eve has to be baptized in the spirit. The last Eve, us, the church, has to be governed by the Holy Spirit. The last Eve, the church, has to seek first the kingdom of God. We don't have a choice.
because we are the last Eve, we have the responsibility of giving birth. We have the responsibility of, of, of being a wife prepared. This is why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Okay, he didn't, give us, he didn't give you the Holy Spirit for your personal life. You can use it for your personal life. Y'all with me? He didn't give you the Holy Spirit for your personal life. The Holy Spirit is to build the body up. Now, you can use it for your personal life. Ain't nothing wrong with using it for your personal life, but that's not why it was given. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal Christ. The Holy Spirit is going to teach, lead, guide, and instruct in what? The ways of Christ. The Holy Spirit is going to do what? Comfort you. As what? A child. In what? The body. So now you understand the, the, the conversation of opposition. Why you don't want to go to church? Why you don't feel like going to church? <laughs> Watch this. Why we don't feel like going to church, but we feel like doing everything else? How we don't feel like going to church, but we don't mind sitting back watching Netflix and binging? Binging on Netflix. Netflix and chill. How is it that we don't like being at church, but we'll be around everything else? You can't grow unless you're in the body. You don't believe me? Cut your hand off and see if it grow without your body. It needs a circulation of blood to grow. It needs to be attached to something to grow. No child grows up outside of a family. How many of y'all was born and then your mom just left you somewhere? That's called an orphan. Now you got to be adopted. The last Eve. 